Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but if you do listen without having seen it, just be aware there may be spoilers. Enjoy. Guten Abend. Hello there. How are you doing? I am all right. I, apart from having had to watch a terrible movie, <laughs> a truly awful. <laughs> yes, movie. me too. It really, it's really spoiled my week. Actually, has it spoiled your week as well? <laughs> uh, my week's already been quite busy and stressful, and then having to watch um, Rob Schneider films, even the one. Has 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 really taken the sheen off. Welcome the, to Schnorgust, by the way. <laughs> the the sheen. Yeah. The Schnorgust board. Yep. So first up on the Schnorgust board is Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. It was your birthday yesterday. Tell me you didn't watch it on your birthday. No, I watched it today. Watched okay, it today. That's good. I I did decide. Say, that's my um, birthday present to you. <laughs> I did decide. You know what? I'm not going to watch this on my birthday. I've got other things I'd rather do than watch Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo. Which, I know this is something that's been said before, but Male Gigolo is kind of a... It's uh, a tautology. Yes. It's, Aren't it's all gigolos completely, male? completely unrequired, because all gigolos are male. It's a male escort. Yeah, but is Juice Bigelow Gigolo? That doesn't really work, does it? I mean, it doesn't need to work either way because it's rubbish. But like, could have it, called it um, Bigelow the Gigolo, or a Gigolo named Bigelow. No, that makes it sound like a dog film. Uh, that it almost feels like a movie from the forties or fifties, doesn't it? Film about uh, dog gigolos. Welcome to the cinema. What do you want to see? <laughs> it's going to cost you five cents a ticket. Oh, I'm going to go see a Gigolo named Bigelow. <laughs> all right, remember to smoke your cigar all the way through the film. <laughs> I would go see that. <laughs> Rob Schneider stars in like a black and white film that's made up as if it's from the 40s or like Rob Schneider's Pleasantville. It'd be something like Can that. Can we, <laughs> if I had more time on my hands, I would take Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolow and make a silent movie out of it. So we'll put it into black and white and put that kind of filter over it to make it look like a black and white, uh, look, make it look like a silent movie. And then we'll do those frames with the dialogue and we'll turn it into a little silent film. And then we'll this win an Oscar. This is one of those things. Yeah, we'll definitely win an Oscar for that. Like that film, The Artist with the dog. It's going to have no- nothing on that. That will have nothing on this. But that's one of those things where I feel bummed out that I don't have time to make stupid content, like time to make memes or anything, <laughs> because I've got two children who aren't sleeping. But like, as yeah, I don't, so I don't really have time to do anything. But I, I do feel a pang of loss each day for the memes I could be creating, and that's definitely one of them. And I think it's time for a Juice Bigelow revival, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's a film that's definitely drew due a um, a critical reappraisal, a bit like Prince's Under the Cherry Moon, another film that features a gigolo, <laughs> right? Which we discussed in episode one hundred. Uh, I think I think Under the Cherry Moon has already had its time and and has rightfully been disregarded by everyone. Yeah. No, so I think it's time to reassess Juice Bigelow and to realise this is a film that was critically not well received when it came out, 
and is in fact even worse than you think now. <laughs> it's time to reassess <laughs> the fact that it's a film that's not just bad, but abominable, abysmally bad. Abominably, abysmally bad. Is that fair? I think that's fair. And what's interesting is normally I do the little review section at the beginning, but this is a movie that's fairly old now. I think we can talk about the critical reception to begin with. And some of the critical reviews were not particularly friendly. Um, Someone from USA Today referring to it as a garland of rotten cranberries, (laughs) which I think is exceptional. (laughs) Um, Roger Ebert said, I laughed... Uh, yes, I did several times during Juice Piccolo, Male Gigolo. That's proof of any of required that I still possess streaks of immaturity and vulgarity. <laughs> Could have fooled me, Roger Ebert. Um, <laughs> uh, Gene Seymour, not Jane Seymour, for the LA Times, said, um, only the innate sweetness of both its lead character and its base premise keeps you from wanting to slap Juice Piccolo upside its mangy, empty head. <laughs> <laughs> Upside, you yeah. don't hear that often. Like, there's, you that, don't. there's that song, you isn't there? Um, whoop, and whoop, there it is, upside your head. Yeah, that's the song. And yeah. here's one from the Miami Herald, which really gets to the kernel of the creation of Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo, which says Sandler is trying to clone himself by supporting his buddies in making low-budget, high-grossing, in all senses of the word, formula films just like his own. And that's basically what this was one of the beginning points of, wasn't it? Is This is the beginning of Adam Sandler making movies on a low budget for his friends. Yeah. Um, This is the first ever Happy Madison production. Yes. Yeah. Um, This is the entry point for... Uh, a, a production studio which has created such incredible films as Don't Mess With The Zohan. <laughs> I've not seen that, but it looks really offensive. Um, and all of the other terrible movies that they've made over the years. Yeah, well, as you'll know, if you listen to last year's Sand Loon, I, I'm willing to be a bit of an Adam Sandler apologist from time to time, and I do like some of his work, but this is that is completely and wholly accurate, and I can't argue with that. <laughs> That I he's mean, just decided I'm gonna do like what I like the films that I'm in, suck out all of the things that are actually kind of good and like do them really cheaply with my mates in, and yeah, that's what this is basically. Which, to be fair, if I had that much money, this is an early example of that. And yeah, this this was the entry point for that. But if I had that much money and I was friends with a bunch of other comedians, I'd probably do the same thing. Just like, look, you know what? You've not had the breaks you deserve in Hollywood. Let's go make you a movie, and we don't have the big budget. But you know what? We'll we'll make make do of what we want, and you know we'll take a character that you've written. And the intention we'll, is is good. I mean, I mean, the intention is bad because they wanted to make Juice Bigelow. Well, well yes, um, <laughs> and also to make Rob Schneider famous. Someone else's intention could have been good if they did this. Yeah. Um. You look at you look at LucasArts movies, for instance, and the stuff that George Lucas helped create. Um, or you look at some of the other stuff that that was created by those real um, solid filmmakers from the 60s and 70s that then branched out to help try and build up other creators' works. That kind of thing is good. Um, This is not. And I don't think there was ever a point in anyone's head where they thought we're creating something that's worthwhile to humanity. Yeah. Uh, Because this is Juice Bigelow, male gigolo. Even the title is wrong, let yeah. alone the rest of the movie. The title is wrong, and it's all downhill from there. 
Yes. Well, it says on the poster yeah. from the producers of Big Daddy. But this feels like somehow worse than Big Daddy. Yeah, it is. And like it more is. low rent it's, it's and, old, and like older, even though it came after, obviously. Cheaper and lazier, isn't it? Um, what's interesting, though, is in, in spite of all of the negative reviews, um, a sullying and disheartening experience, uh, insufferably insipid comedy, <laughs> um, a Disney Christmas release that comes wrapped in used toilet paper. <laughs> um, in spite of all of those reviews, when you look at the the audience score on Metacritic, so this is real-world human beings. Well, I'm not sure if they're counted as real-world human beings or, yeah. or people. Cool-world human beings. Cool-world human beings. Um, here's a great one. Here's a, here's a score of 10 from Mark A from 2005. Ignore the square reviewers. They must be glum, boring people that need to relax and learn to enjoy a good, funny film. This is a laugh a minute film, and I would recommend it to any bloke and some women, although my <laughs> wife seemed to think it was in poor taste. That has got to be a selling feature. Up yours, woke critics. We'll see who cancels who. Is that is that what he said in 2005? No, no, I'm making a, a, a yeah. joke about Jordan Peterson. You've That's seen the, the Jordan the, Peterson. Yeah, yeah. I've seen him um, saying that, up, up which is yours. very funny. Is it woke, woke media? Woke, woke moralists. Woke moralists. Yeah. What does that even mean? Up yours, that's, woke moralists. That's the perfect we'll example of everything that is her. wrong with him. Where he's just he's used the word moralists to try and sound clever because he's an, a former academic who wrote a load of bullshit books. Um, here's here's a, here's a few other user reviews. Um, so uh, there's one here that's just dollar signs, which gives it an eight out of ten. That's from May the twen- May twentieth, twenty twenty. From R dot O B Schnei dot er. <laughs> um, here's an eight out of ten score. Not a great comedy, but still one to spend your time with. I've seen better from Rob Schneider. For an eight out of ten. <laughs> that's like uh, was his what's his nine out of ten? Is that something that completely blew <laughs> his mind? It's all right. If he yeah. ever saw a film that was 10 out of 10, he'd probably die from excitement. 10 out of 10 is is only there for Don't Mess With The Zohan. Oh, yeah, yeah, obviously. Um, I think uh, here's a good one from Balzac. I would probably rank <laughs> no need as... No potty mouth. I would, I would probably rank as one of the all-time worst movies if it weren't for its sequel, which I know we've got waiting for us yep. uh, down the line. Um, and Which, Daddy... to be fair, the formula works. Road Trip, not so great. Euro Trip, fantastic film with a great anthem in it. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's entirely true. That it's a <laughs> you'd have to listen film. to our episode about them to find yeah. out. Um, here's here's a final one that I wanted to bring out from Daddy Pop. My family and I absolutely love this Rob Schneider movie, and I'm, I I like to think that this guy took his like five year old children to go and see Juice uh, <laughs> Bigelow, Male Gigolo. He snuck them all in inside a trench coat. The characters he meets are very special in their own way. And that's true. That's true, I suppose. Um, so there is a huge discrepancy between what audiences think of this movie and and what critics think. When you look at, at Metacritic, it's got a 7.8. Uh, and when you look at IMDb, it's not quite as strong, but it is a 5.7 out of 10. But I think this is one of those instances where the people who didn't like it aren't going to go on and review it because they'd probably be embarrassed to tell anyone that they watched it because it's so bad. 
Yeah, I think that's probably fair. But th- this movie kind of ranks it ranks probably the highest out of out of a Rob Schneider movie. Um but it it, it ranks alongside stuff like Mr. Deeds um in which he plays Nazo the Italian delivery man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um a little bit under Billy Madison but not too far off. Billy Madison's a 6.3. So actually it's um it's 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 a pretty decent score for a movie that is truly truly awful. <laughs> is it? Where does it rank compared to his most iconic role in Home Alone Two: Lost in New York? So I mean, Home Alone Tim Curry 2, tells him not to count his tips in public. Home Alone Two is a bad movie. I remember that you're a big fan, but I'm that I'm not that. that Tim Curry, man. Tim Curry. Of course, Tim Curry is great because he's great in everything. But it's a shallow husk of a sequel that just repeats the original movie. I'd, I, I, it's 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 not a it's not a good movie. I'm sorry, Paddy. You're wrong on that one. Um, so Rob you Schneider leave Bird here, Lady alone. Bird Lady's fine. She's she's fine. Um, but Rob Schneider's character here is probably more likable than his um his turn as the the other guy in the hotel. Yeah, no. E- even though this film is abysmal, there is the odd moment where you feel vaguely warmly towards him, isn't there? Yeah, he's not normally Rob Schneider in movies is one of the most pathetic or abhorrent people in it and even in the ones where he's seen as a more positive character in it a lot of the time he's still got that air of just not wanting to be around him um even in the non-racist ones even in the non-racist ones yeah that's exactly what i mean whereas this film he's he's pathetic but it's pathetic in a um in an empathetic way i suppose is the way to put it yeah so Um, i was i was a bit taken aback by that Actually, if I'm honest. I was expecting, because I'd never seen this film before, for for obvious reasons. I was expecting this to just be a full-on, like, parody nonsense character where where we enter and Juice Bigelow is already a gigolo. And the funny thing is that Rob Schneider is like a short, not particularly strong-looking man. Yeah. And then he I thought it was going to be like him being funny next to the other gigolos. Yeah, and then and then him doing kind of like Saturday night fever stuff and being really like sexy but then it's funny because it's it's Rob Schneider. But actually there is a there is a central conceit here which is that he's not a gigolo to begin with. He is a uh, a, a fishman. Yeah. And the big joke of the whole film is that he doesn't have sex with the women. Yes, which is which is kind of a, a vaguely humorous conceit when you think about it. Yeah, it's... which was good, but also disappointing. Did you feel that? It was like, I thought that was like, there's a good thing, but also I was expecting there to be lots of like, I was expecting it to be raunchy and it wasn't at all. There's not very much raunch in this movie. Um, no. Have you noticed that Rob Schneider has a very aquatic feeling to a lot of his characters? I have noticed that. Yeah. Do you think it's to do with that Roy Schneider was in Jaws? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. There's just there's there's just this unconscious thing in his head that's like, my name's Schneider and I'm an actor. I better do something with fish. Yep. That that's got to be it, right? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Something there's something fishy about that for sure. So yeah, but yeah, you're completely right. This movie, although it's billed as like this raunchy sex comedy, it's not really a raunchy sex comedy. It's it's more that there Rob isn't Schneider, even any sex in it, is there? There is. There's lots of kind of almost sex. There is sex. He has sex with um, 
with the but nice lady that he marries in the Kate. end. Kate, Kate, yeah, and sex with Kate. You and don't it's really like see a it. romantic scene. You see them wake up next to each other the morning after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, apart from that, the whole joke is that he um, he finds ways to get around having sex with these people that he does not find sexually attractive um, in something which... It's very odd. This movie is very mean-spirited about people. It's sexist, it's so. racist, it's anti-fat, it's ableist. And um, you think, oh, it was made it came out in 1999. It feels like something from 1959. Yeah, it's um, it's really horrible. And like, this isn't in a sort of we're not being woke moralists here. <laughs> um, I'm because, sure Jordan Peterson would say that we are because you can make a movie that that is on the cusp of being controversial, and you can make comedy that's very controversial and is in bad taste. I mean, look at Always Sunny in Philadelphia, for instance. Yeah. So much of that stuff is is could be considered an incredibly poor taste, but there's always a satirical element. There's always a point to it, and it's always it walks that line really well. You know, it yeah, knows that it's can, walking a line. Whereas this film is so far from <laughs> any kind of line of decency that you just think, yeah, you can you can make offensive comedy, but you've got to be smart. And if there's one thing this movie is, it's stupid. Um, <laughs> this is really not a, stupid. This is not a smart film, and so yeah, it's incredibly mean spirited. There's this message at the end of the movie where it's got it attempts to have this empowering message about women's bodies at the end, and it's like you know women want to uh, feel attractive, and that's the important thing is having that connection and making someone feel attractive, and every woman is beautiful in their own way. But it tries to use that message to absolve itself exactly. of, just, of just doing like <laughs> yeah. loads of really horrible jokes at the expense of people's personal characteristics for the entire film. The entirety of this film, where it tries to get comedy out of the situation, is making fun of people's differences. Yeah. Um, and it's, re- it's really, really horrible. There's a few moments which, which are vaguely sweet. Um, one thing that I would call out is... Amy Poehler's character, who has Tourette's, um, obviously, yeah, which is unfortunate to see that. Obviously, swears all the time because that's what Tourette's is. If you're making a movie in 1999, apparently, um, and it's it's not funny. But what is funny is Rob Schneider comes up with a workaround to make her feel more comfortable in public, which is going to a baseball game where she can hurl abuse at people, or or the ticks sound as though they're hurling abuse at people, and everyone in the audience joins in and starts cheering her. Yeah, and that I appreciated scene, that there was baseball content. That scene was actually quite funny and quite sweet. That's the only example of it, maybe having a having a vaguely clever edge where it's like, okay, we we ostracize people with Tourette's because of their tics, and people don't feel comfortable being in public spaces if they if they if they have tics. Yeah, but that almost made it worse because you're like, this film is capable of doing it well, but it's not doing it. It's like how Radiohead can write good songs, but they don't. It turns around and it says, um, oh yeah, well, th- we, we, we see this as unacceptable as, as a society, but then when someone does it in this circumstance, they get cheered on. And that's the kind of thing that, you know, that that worked as a joke and that worked as a premise. And that's probably the only time in this movie that they did anything that actually worked to that degree. I yeah. think it's fair to say I can't think of any other circumstance where no. it where it actually did that. The rest of it is no, just all the this woman's fat, too, yeah, or this, this woman's, woman's tall, this, this woman's, woman's got narcolepsy. Yeah, um, really, the the love interest only has one leg, played by an actor who has two legs. By the way, this is nineteen ninety nine. Maybe don't expect that kind of 
that kind of inclusivity in in casting you know over two decades ago but even so it's still like well come on you this is this is juice bigelow you weren't paying people the big bucks and getting the big stars into this movie were you no, um, you could have found some. Amy Poehler was literally the only person that I recognised. Yeah, and this was very class. early in very early in her career. There was one other person that I did recognise, um, the actual Gigolo, um, played by Oded Fair, who is a, a quite a funny character, an absolute sociopath. Yeah, he, he's he gives a good performance. I thought. Yeah, I, I like him. His character is good. Um, he plays. Ardith Bay in the Mummy movies. Right, yes. I thought I recognised him from somewhere. And also Carlos Oliveira in the Resident Evil movies. So oh, of course, your favourite film series. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get back at you by saying we're going to do a two months where we watch all the Resident Evil films that have zero romance in them, but we're still going to do it. Um, <laughs> so, so, yeah. So, shout out to him as a funny character and also for being a great character in the Mummy movies. And an all right character in those Resident Evil films. Odid, if you're listening, well done on being. No, you listen every week. (laughs) Um, But from from Amy Poehler's perspective, I mean, this is pretty early on in her in her sort of acting career. You'd had a few um, had a few TV performances, doing stuff like uh, Conan O'Brien's show, etc. But this is like only her second movie, I think. Right. Um, so although although she's recognised here, it's not as though they actually paid out a lot of money to um, to get her in. This is like a very early part of her career for her. It's, it's not a movie that was um, that that was that was made on a on a huge budget that cast all of these big people. No. Um, Seventeen million to make, ninety-two million at the box office. Yeah, it was a big smash. People loved this terrible, stupid film. That has zero good jokes. I can't believe this came out the same year as Austin Powers. That's just ridiculous. <laughs> Austin Powers 2, wasn't it? Austin Powers 2 even. Yeah. Blimey. They made two very, very funny and enjoyable Austin Powers films by this point. And then um, there's this kind of nonsense was still getting made. <laughs> well, when we look at the year 1999 in, uh, in, in cinema, um, there's a lot of big, big, big movies that came out this year. Um, and uh, it's it's quite amazing when you look at Juice Bigelow being such a success uh, when uh, when so many other great movies came out. Obviously, The Matrix was a big one, um, and I think this probably came out after The Matrix because there's that scene where he does like um, there are multiple scenes of Matrix esque nonsense thrown in there for absolutely no reason. Well, the, the, particularly the end of the movie where he does like bullet time stuff. But the, but this year we had like Fight Club, Talented Mr. Ripley, American Beauty, The Matrix, The Green Mile. When we're looking at comedies, we've got American Pie, <laughs> um, which also is a movie that had a weird empowerment message at the end of the movie that was that was yeah. Truly horrible. But when we talked about that, we we did we agreed that that was just the right side of the line. Yeah, that American Pie did it a lot better than Juice Bigelow. <laughs> That's a that's a sentence I never thought I would say in my life until I started doing this podcast. Yes. There was more sex in American Pie than there was in Juice Bigelow Male Gigolo, a film about an actual gigolo. Which yeah, which is kind of surprising. I mean, most of it was a guy having sex with a pie, but still, it <laughs> but there was still there was still some some boob and things like that, which you didn't have here. Um, this movie came out the same year as Ten Things I Hate About You. Came out the same year as Notting Hill. Came out the same year as The Phantom Menace. <laughs> 
Good grief. That's a um, sexy film. It's just the sexiest film, that Jar Jar Binks. A film about intergalactic um, space gigolo Jar, Jar Jar Binks. I mean, this is a great this is a great year for for movies that are kind of horny. You've got stuff like Cruel Intentions as well. Oh, yeah. Um, if you want to see a man eat a pube sandwich, She's All That came out this year. Um, <laughs> was it a sandwich or was it on top of a pizza? Oh, no, you're right. It was a pube pizza. That's right. Yeah, it's an, it's an important um, distinction. In a year that gave us such revolutionary movies as The Blair Witch Project, we also got Juice Bigelow. <laughs> Yeah, um, not not a highlight of 1999. And again, no. it, yeah, it just seems so regressive and so old and incredibly dated, doesn't yeah. it? But also, it's just bad. It, everything about it sucks. It's the the pacing is really really off as well. Did you not think you get halfway through and you're like, this feels like three quarters of the way through, and like the big action scene's about to happen. Nope, let's have another five or six montages of laughing at people's personal characteristics, and let's introduce a weird, like, angry FBI agent character for no reason who looks a bit like a really livid Keir Starmer. <laughs> like you mean Beer Corma? Yep, that's the. Oh, that's the one. I see. I see what they did there. <laughs> Um, Mr. Personality himself. Yeah. Um, that that character made me laugh, actually. How, like, every time he, he was like <laughs> just chewing the scenery and being really angry all the time, like every time he appeared out of nowhere, that, that was funny. Yeah, he was another one of those um, people who actually... Played by William Forsyth, who's been in some good stuff over the years. He's in The Devil's Rejects, which is um, a Rob Zombie horror movie. Oh, yes. Um, He's he, he's been in some good stuff and he's got a had a had a good career of of doing cool things, um, but yeah, here his character is really really strange. It doesn't the the tone of this movie is kind of relaxed and meandering, which isn't what you expect from a movie called Juice Bigelow Male Gigolo. You want something that's kind of off the wall and full of strange characters, um. But his character is strange. He almost feels like a Tim Robinson character. Yeah. Where he turns up he out does. of nowhere. If we were going to remake Juice Bigelow, you'd get Tim Robinson to play the, the dick detective. Yeah. Um, where he, he just suddenly appears out of nowhere, grabs Juice Bigelow and goes, I'm going to shut you down for being a gigolo. And then he gets his dick out and is like, oh, is that a weird spot on my dick? Or, or, or Yeah, every like time that. there's some new joke about him, his, his penis. Yeah, and it's it's really frenetic and strange, and yeah, it it doesn't fit with the tone of the movie. And whatsoever. that's the thing. The, this is the bit where, as well, the film it builds itself this way, and it thinks that it is like a zany, off the wall comedy, but actually, most of it is really pedestrian and boring. Yeah, much like a lot of other Happy Madison movies, where they get these for some reason they get this. Um, this, this tone around them or this cultural impact around them as being these like oh it's a gross out comedy and oh it's really frenetic and strange and disgusting actually a lot of the time they're really tame when we think about the wrong missy you think yeah. about how boring the main character was and how nothing really happened apart from when missy was on screen in that movie oh, he's the dullest man ever that's a big problem with a lot of happy madison productions Keir starmer the- looked like a, yeah a fountain of personality <laughs> um and so i mean that's a big problem with a lot of happy madison movies is they're 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 not actually that interesting they're actually pretty boring and they're actually pretty tame when they should be doing big nonsense and i'd have more respect and probably have more enjoyment out of them if they did lean into the nonsense more yeah of course i mean even even like 
I'd watch something that was way more gross than this just for just because it would be interesting. I'd rather watch something like Freddy Got Fingered than this. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, which some, we will get round to eventually. By which the way. We'll, we'll do at some point. And that's the thing is, you you expect when when you think about the the cultural impact of Rob Schneider. Another phrase I never thought I'd say in my life: the cultural impact of Rob Schneider. Um, it is. It a, sounds like you're trying of, to make this a bit serious. <laughs> I, uh, for my thesis, I'll be writing a Marxist. Uh, interpretation of, of Juice Bigelow, Male Gigolo and Thanks how it coming talks to my about talk. the inherent flaws of capitalism and how really we're all gigolos simply trying to, uh, to, to make our to, way to sell our bodies under the weight of capitalism and sell our minds under the weight of capitalism. Yeah. It's um, not enough that we're just fish guys, you know? That's, that's We the, should be able to just have a universal basic fish Thing, we sh- we should know. be able to pursue our passions in life, such as being a fish guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that to be enough. But instead, we have to go to extreme lengths to maintain our wage. Um, else, uh, those who are more successful in our chosen careers or our forced careers will will destroy us. Uh, in this case, Oded Fair's bigger gigolo. Bigolo. Bigolo. Um, yeah, in many ways, is, he's the true Bigelow, and that is what Bigelow in the in the title. Because you see that he's very rarely referred to as Juice Bigelow; he's always referred to as Juice. Yeah, um, in this movie, actually, so nobody's Bigelow. called that. By the way, why have they, why have they called him that? Nobody's called Juice. <laughs> it's a, that's um, the thing from tennis, isn't it? It is the a thing juice. in tennis, and also means a shit sometimes. Um, there, there, there are some people called Juice. And it's also a nickname for a lot of people as well. Yeah, what does um, that mean? What, is, what? Why would you give someone that nickname? Because it's they're so good. There's two of them, or they're so bad that they're literally poop. Oh, as in juice, as in two of a thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Right. Which is what which is what juice refers to in tennis. It's when they're they're tied. Right. I see. Um, because normally at the you know it goes. 15 is it 15 30 40 in terms of points in tennis something like that i'm not sure i'm i'm not a big tennis fan you're asking the wrong guy and then but then if they're both at 40 it goes to juice Um, right but yeah they definitely made thought of the title of this film and then worked backwards from there didn't they what about what about ace as a name do you ace i don't hate i don't hate that the toronto blue jays mascot is called ace cheerful cheerful little blue bird why is it called ace instead of bluey because Bluey's a children's TV show. Although, <laughs> but, to be fair, Ace has been around a lot longer, so he could have had that name first. Well, exactly. If he Why to. did they not call? He didn't. He didn't take it because he's a coward. What are... <laughs> are you calling this mascot a coward? <laughs> well, do you want to know what the mascot was called before Ace? What was it called? BJ Birdie. <laughs> 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 that's beautiful they were in denial for a very long time um <laughs> liverpool football club has a mascot called mighty red who got introduced um uh, not not too long ago i think it was when the, the the most recent owners took over they started introducing mighty red and it's a liver bird sort of character and okay is, is universally reviled by <laughs> liverpool fans <laughs> <laughs> the best mascots are the ones of like minor league baseball teams and like minor football teams. Isn't there one that's like a washing machine? 
Oh yeah, some of them are incredible. Yeah. Um, what's the Scottish one, which is the horrifying sun? <laughs> the David Trigley thing. Yeah, it's is it Partick Thistle the team? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know the one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, it is. I love that little guy. It's um, yeah, Partick Partick Thistles. Um, truly incredible. I knew a football. You did. You did know a football. Um, it's it's yeah, absolutely incredible. Um, I love those kind of those kind of mascots. Um, it's it's like when you get the awful mascots of the Olympics as well. Oh, Manlo- Wenlock and Mandeville. Yes, yeah, Dandelion and Burdock. Yes, yeah. as their name. <laughs> the giant, freaky silver sausage men. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, the 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 delicious magnesium sausages. Yeah, um, <laughs> that says that says Britain to me. Every morning I wake up and eat my magnesium sausage. <laughs> Swear at the French. Yeah. Um, what What other... I mean, there's got to be some terrible mascots in, in America. Oh, yeah. I mean, every every minor league team has one. I, I showed you the Modesto Nuts a few weeks ago, if you recall, where it's yes. a team where the mascot was yeah. literally like a big giant nut. There's a team called the Montgomery Biscuits. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send you this now because it's horrifying. Um, biscuits, as in like American biscuits, where it's like kind of like a scone with gravy. You, you know. Oh I mean? yes, yeah, yeah, biscuits and gravy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Actually, just just Google Montgomery biscuits mascot. Okay, I will. And then you'll see. Actually, oh no, they've got like a weird elephant guy now. They never had. What the did actual... it? What did it used to be? Well, the the guy, the little guy, you'll see the little guy who's on their logo. He's called, <laughs> see, he's he's called a, Monty he's, Biscuit. He's literally a little biscuit, as yeah. in the the savoury scones of America. Yeah. Um, there's a few. Um, there's a few great mascots in lower league. Um, Grimsby Town has like a, 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 a he's called Mighty Mariner. And he's a, a a horrifying human-esque mascot wearing like a a, a captain's hat. Um, Manchester City has like weird aliens. Hartlepool has fa- the famous Hangus the monkey. Oh no! Um, who is who is is literally a a, a famous monkey? Um, Hangus the monkey. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. That's less terrifying who, than the human ones. When they when they're like human humanoid or trying to be human, somehow it's worse than if it's an animal, isn't it? I mean, the the, the great thing about Hangus the monkey is you might recognise him as um, as standing for election in Hartlepool as as the direct the elected mayor of Hartlepool, where um, Stuart Drummond um, decided to to go for election and wore the the, the Hangus the monkey uh, suit campaigning for stuff like free bananas for kids and things like that. And then won. Excellent. Um, but then unfortunately did decide, ah, now that I'm an elected politician, I'd better be serious um, oh, about boring. this. Um, <laughs> um, and then actually became a serious mayor. Um, <laughs> That's terrible. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dicks out for Hangus the monkey, which is very disappointing that he didn't decide to continue with the shtick of being Hangus the monkey. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so so there are some amazing. There's some amazing um, mascots, um, unlike anything to do. All of with, which are yeah, way more interesting than Juice Bigelow. How do yeah. we get onto mascots? 
I, I, I genuinely have no idea. But yeah, this movie is is um, truly, truly something awful. Um, I think one of the weirdest things is the ending, which just kind of happens and then and ends. Yeah, a lot of films around this time did that, didn't they? Where they were very lazy kind of low-budget comedies. They'd just get to the end and be like, let's do a montage of all the things that people are doing now, and then it's over, right? Well, I was thinking more about the weird action-y ending where they get the new... Um, what I was expecting to happen was that they'd get the new tank fitted and then that would be it and it would all work out okay. Um, but instead, Yeah, because tank- at that point he's got the girl. He, he's got the girl. He's managed to make enough money to fix the tank. The The premise of this movie, for people who haven't watched it, which should be all of you, do not watch this film, is that Juice Bigelow is a fish man. He looks after fish and like feeds Not like fish the fish man in the shape of water. No, no. Unfortunately, that would be really good if he was. Um, but then when he's... Um, he goes round to uh, help this gigolo out with his fish. And uh, the gigolo's like, oh, my fish is ill, but I've got to go off to Europe to work for three weeks. Can you look after my house? Um, and Rob Schneider does and accidentally like breaks the fish tank. And so he's got to make $6,000 uh, by the time he gets back. All the guy's going to literally murder him. Uh, breaks so- the fish tank in a very, very epic scene of, of destruction, which I actually quite enjoyed. <laughs> Oh, what, when he accidentally destroys the guy's house? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, But at the end of the movie, he's got the money and they're fixing the fish tank and it's all done at the end. And all of the people who have have hired Rob Schneider as a gigolo are all helping him because, you know, they've had their emotional needs met, if not their physical needs, by him. Um, And it all kind of seemed to come to a resolution where everyone was working together and they'd solved the issue and then he was going to depart. But then the fish tank breaks again and it turns into this weird, like, action scene where they're fighting each other with crossbows and he's using the woman's prosthetic leg against a, yeah. against a sword. And it's like, what is going on? Why is this here? That was not cool. Um, it's just it's just not funny and not exciting. And it doesn't really go anywhere. And then after the guy's been, uh, been beaten, he then, the, the, the cop then arrests him and goes, ah, you're going to jail. I assume for having illegal weapons, I guess, or threatening someone with a sword, which should probably be illegal. And for being a gigolo. And for being a gigolo. Um, and, and yeah, but it's just a really weird scene that comes out of nowhere. Whereas I think we've already reached our resolution by that point because we've had the Rob Schneider's been arrested for being a gigolo but gets off because he didn't actually have sex with anybody. We've had a trial, of course. There's always yeah. got to be a trial. Which, did you notice there's one bit in that scene that is vaguely funny, which is TJ, who is Rob Schneider's pimp. and a hilar- He was quite a and, funny character. Yeah, he's he's a far funnier character than he had any right to be, where he constantly is making jokes about him being his, you know, man bitch, constantly. Yeah. And, and they keep going back to this continuous joke where he's always eating something in a hot tub, and it progressively gets to be a worse and worse thing to eat in a hot tub with each scene which is actually quite funny. That was funny. See fair. that's the thing there are some funny moments in this film but they're all just a, completely the wrong time and make no sense. Yeah and did you notice in the otherwise completely unfunny um, uh, scene at the courtroom TJ's there in like a white face mask and gives yeah. him a thumbs up. That's right. <laughs> what and was it- the point in that? What was that for? It was it was there for zero reason apart from it's just it's another moment of strange comedy and a movie that could have really benefited from being weirder. Was that whereas the, the inspiration for the film White Chicks maybe? Maybe maybe. Um, but it's it, it's again it's this thing where it's like okay well you had these weird ideas 
but instead the movie's really boring and and this movie is like the Keir Starmer of gross out comedies isn't it it's just <laughs> it's just there it takes and it's ages not to really, get to the point it's not really gross and then there is no point it's the stereophonics of gross out 90s comedies yeah it's, it's, yeah, it and it's like it's it's like it takes half an hour before there is anything even vaguely related to gigoloing. Up until that point, it's just fish stuff and pratfalling. And you're like, come on, where's the raunchy content? I've seen him pratfalling about this man's expensive apartment enough already. Yeah, the only, the, the only raunchy thing that happens is that he tricks uh, a young woman into dipping her boobs into some water and then stares at her boobs. Which yeah, is twice. Not, which is not a very nice thing to do, Juice Bigelow. Um, Which he does at the end as well, when he's in a relationship with someone else. And it's, I mean, it's a very pervy thing to do, and it completely goes against what his character is like in the rest of the movie as well, where he's doing all of this stuff that's more of like an emotional connection with these women. Yeah. Um, And it's like, it's it's just very, that's the kind of thing you expect from this film. But it's just, it's this moment of seediness at the beginning, then some insipid jokes about people who are different through the rest of the movie, and then it ends and that's what yeah. you get from this film really that's the thing it's seedy but not seedy enough to be interesting there are a few funny gags in there but there's nothing to back them up or make them have any substance there's not really much of a story it's just, yeah none of it really gels does it no it's it's just here and it's bad and you should feel bad if you've been involved in the creation of this film i'm sorry but um, soundtrack was all right though there's a Smash Mouth song in it, isn't there? Of course there the one is. that sounds like the B-side to Walking on the Sun. <laughs> yeah, of course there is. Um, it it was... also has, you know, what we refer to in the writing of comedies as Chekhov's fish in a blender, right? <laughs> that's true. That's true. They did set up that joke quite well. well um, if a fish ends up in a blender in Act 1... I think it, it yeah. is worth noting that it is at the expense of a, of a blind woman. Though. Of course it is. Um, it's uh, yeah, they they blend a fish, but you don't see it get blended. You just see like a weird muddy goop. No, and then of course the the guy drinks it and says it's spicy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so overall, this is fucking shit, Paddy. This is a terrible film, but I'm gonna say that it's actually. Not as bad as most of Rob Schneider's performances that we have looked at before because there is some shred of sort of him not being an asshole or racist or weird. And there is a there is a tiny spark of warmth there. So this actually is not his worst performance, is it? No, he's one of the better things about this film. Um, I still wouldn't say it's good, but it is better. Um, like The you one said, moment a- that made me laugh out loud um, was when he introduces his dad as a character and these he his dad's a toilet guy in a fancy restaurant but you don't know that this is a really good bit of like dramatic irony yeah where he walks yeah. into the toilet like goes to the toilet um and then comes out and he's just like hey dad <laughs> and then they start talking and like the way it introduces that i i almost fell off my chair laughing at that and i was like that joke has no right to be in this film yeah, that that's another... then it immediately descends into them trying to have a conversation while people are farting in the background. Of course, yeah, that so. that's another good example of when this movie could have funny jokes in it, um, which happens. Yeah, I, I think it's still single digit, maybe even counting on one hand the number of times this movie is actually funny. But again, it's it, you're right. It's another moment where you're like, this could have been good. There's actual bits in this movie that could have been funny. Yeah, it's not a bad idea, is it? 
no, even the central premise of a guy who's down on his luck and um, ends up house-sitting for a gigolo has to suddenly make some money and decides to do a bit of identity theft and pretends to be him. Um, you know, a young could, Nicolas Cage in that role. This could have been an interesting film. <laughs> it it could have it could have worked as a premise, and you could have used it to explore all sorts of interesting things. Like I said about the the the, the scene with Tourette's, where they talk about what's acceptable and what's not acceptable. They could also talk about what, in terms of sexuality, is acceptable and not acceptable, and almost turn a finger to the audience and say, um, "You think it's funny that it's a, a male sex worker?" Yeah. Why, why do you think it's funny? What does that say about the way that we think about sexuality um, in in our roles in society? There's all sorts of ways you could make a, a clever, incredibly offensive comedy out of this movie. I'm not saying you That's have what to I was turn... expecting. I was expecting yeah. it to be, ha-ha, imagine if a man was a sex worker. Yeah. It doesn't do yeah. at all. Which it, which it doesn't do at all. But there's ways you could have done that. I'm not, I'm not saying that you take Juice Bigelow and turn it into a woke moralist's wet dream. Um, <laughs> that then gets cancelled by the right. Um, Schneider would never never let that happen. Anyway. He would he would never let that happen as as a man who has certain opinions about politics, shall we say? Um, but they could have made a really clever and also incredibly offensive movie here. And I think there is a place for mo- for you know comedy that is shocking and offensive and abrasive. And you could have made a gigolo movie here, which is all of those things but also is smart and funny but instead you get something that isn't really particularly shocking isn't really particularly abrasive it's just boring it's lazy it's not very funny and everything is just really worn out and tired yeah it's incredibly lazy i'm gonna say this movie it's not just a stereophonics album it's not just keir starmer it's keir starmer walking into an old music shop picking up a copy of stereophonics's album i don't know any of their album names do you know a stereophonics album no name? i can't remember picking up picking up the best of the stereophonics <laughs> that's an album and it's a and it's a tatty old copy it's a worn out old copy and then him going i could buy this and put it on in my car whilst i'm driving at low volumes and that's what this yeah. movie is. It's Keir Starmer <laughs> driving in his Volkswagen Passat with an old, tired copy of the best of the stereophonics playing very quietly over the radio. But he thinks he's being raunchy and rock and roll. He's, he's, he's there rocking with his, out. <laughs> he's there with his sunglasses on. He's unbuttoned the first button of his shirt. He's rolled up his sleeves on his shirt. He's <laughs> nodding along. To bartender and the thief you can just about hear it over the road noise yeah and he's thinking god damn am i a a, a, a political deviant he just am turned onto the motorway person? and it got louder so now you can't hear it <laughs> i'm gonna drive at 73 miles an hour my name's keir Stummer. <laughs> um so yeah that's what this movie is that that that's what this film is. It had a good poo joke, didn't it? Or like at first, where it's like <laughs> Did he's, it have a good poo where joke? he's he's plunging a toilet, um, and you think, 
oh, like, is this going to be a poo joke? Is this going to be a sex joke? Or is this going to be a dead fish joke? And it turned out to be all of those things because later on in the film, he's plung- and, like, and then at that time he plunges and a fish comes out and he catches it in the bowl. And then later on when that joke is repeated, it, it's a turd, isn't it? Oh, I see. Yeah, the first time around it is, I wouldn't say it's funny, but it's vaguely acceptable that he's plunging a toilet and he's trying to get the sound over the sex noise. Um, and the harder he does it, the harder yeah. they have sex. Because and sex a, is funny. A little parallel thing, which is vaguely funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's... It, sex is funny. That, it's also funny to have like porn on the TV while the Girl Scout is trying to sell you cookies. But like, for a movie... Do you know something about that? You might get to this in the trivia. That's his real daughter. Oh, is it? That's Rabina, yeah. Rabina Schneider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Rebecca. Which is which is her real name? Um, no, L. King, who apparently is a, is a musician and is very successful. Yes, yeah, I remember. I've never heard any of her stuff, but I remember reading about that. He's got a successful daughter. Um, and yeah, it's it's a movie that recognizing that sex is can be funny, but doesn't use sex. <laughs> um. It's just bad. It's just bad. It is not good. So is there anything else you want to say about Juice Bigelow? No, I don't think so. Have, have you got um, any trivia? Um, Adam Sandler is one of the voices shouting freak at the tall woman. Yeah, that's possibly the most offensive of all of those kind of scenes, isn't it? Where it's like everyone is such an animal that they would just shout at a tall woman in the street. And that's fu- that's supposed to be funny. Yeah, it's it's not particularly pleasant, is it? I think... I think maybe the depiction of the first woman is is possibly worse. Which one's the first one? Um, I, so, I can't remember so the order the, they came the fat in. black woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's is, absolutely is tr- horrendous. <laughs> it's truly awful. Like, if you think Eddie Murphy's Norbit was bad, this is like the kind of horrible precursor to that. And yeah. Eddie Murphy might have turned it de- toned it down for Norbit. Yeah, it's really, really horrible. Um, yeah, that's maybe the worst one. Although... They're all they're all quite bad, I think. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's awful. It's awful. That's enough trivia. This movie can fuck off. Um, how are we going <laughs> to rank it? <laughs> Let's see. How many f- expensive fish are in your fish tank that you need to buy and get back in the fish tank before um, the guy gets home? I've got I've got five gigolo fish in my tank. Um, gigolo fish. That's yeah. that's for the that's for the bits of this movie that are vaguely acceptable because there are bits in this film that could have worked but um are it's it's generally truly atrocious and i can only dread to think what the other movies are like over the course of this month because this is meant to be the better one isn't it well i don't know if it's supposed to be better it's just it's people because it's an early one that was successful in his career i think people maybe regard it as better but not necessarily who we'll knows? Maybe, maybe potentially the next one's going to be uh, the next yeah, one is maybe shooting. less dated. But who knows? Wait, are we doing the animal or the hot chick next? Let's go in chronological order. I'm not sure which one's next. Um, haven't heard your score yet. Oh, sorry. I I agree. Five. Five is good. <laughs> two two cool. of those points for the fish themselves, who I thought gave a really good performance. One for TJ, and two for the angry cop talking about his penis. There we go. That's five. Yeah. Um, so None up for next, Rob Schneider. Up next, we're going to visit a character called Marvin Mange, then. 
because uh, <laughs> the animal is up next. This is 2001. A couple of years later. So he's earned his stripes at this point. Marvin Marvin Mange. What a, what a great character name. I mean, already that does is better than Juice Bigelow. Yeah, that's a slight improvement, isn't it? But that's not the title of the film. The film isn't called Marvin Mange. The, the animal. Male. Man. Yeah. Marvin Mange, male animal. <laughs> Marvin Mange, he's male and strange. That's what they I'm, should have called it. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put that on the tagline on the poster. Yeah. Instead, they Seeing put, as they felt the need to tell us that a gigolo was male in Juice Bigelow, male gigolo. <laughs> Instead, they put, do you want to know what the tagline was for the animal? What is uh, it? He wasn't much of a man. Now he's not much of an animal. And then at the end, under, when the movie's coming out, it says marking his territory. Oh, good. So I hope you enjoy All that those image. kind of taglines, they're always the same on Rob Schneider films. It's always like, <laughs> it's always like down, yeah. It's always like, um, what what's the the word that I'm looking for? It's always making him out to be a sad sack because that's funny. Um, well, you've seen you've seen it's the South Park deprecating the, and defecating is what that is. You've seen you've seen the South Park joke about Rob Schneider, haven't you? I don't know if I have actually. I have to put that in the show notes. Okay, I'll I'll find it for you. They did they did a very funny joke back when South Park wasn't terrible, or maybe when it was just less terrible. Back when it was maybe potentially relevant <laughs> that's the best way of putting it back when south park was relevant um they they it was a recurring gag in one of the episodes where they basically just made fun of the rob schneider movie conceit um so yeah i'll uh, I'll, I'll send you i'll send you some examples of cool. that so they they did that in one like 15 minute cartoon episode we're gonna do a whole month of it <laughs> <laughs> brevity is the soul of wit fuck off yeah that's that's not what Rob Schneider thinks. <laughs> Rob Schneider hasn't built his career on phrases like "brevity is the soul of wit." I think we need to respect Rob Schneider enough to spend countless hours talking about four of his films. Yeah, countless it's hours. It's only fair. Only I will fair. never get that time back. No, no, definitely not. This is time when he could be making memes, Rob Schneider. I hope you appreciate this. <laughs> I could be making the greatest silent movie of all time out of your movies, Rob Schneider. And this yeah. is what you forced us into. But instead we're watching more of them. <laughs> oh dear. All right. Well, if you if you watched Deuce Bigelow, I'm sorry. If you didn't, you didn't miss out. Um, we'll be back <laughs> next week to talk about The Animal as... The Schnorgust board, Schnorgust being the month in which we talk about Rob Schneider films, continues. Um, I hope you enjoyed this as the first episode of that. Um, you, There's a link in our show notes to where you can give us money. It's just like a virtual tip jar. You can find us on Twitter at BigBoysDon'tPod or on the emails BigBoysDon'tCryPodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about the animal. Alrighty, bye-bye. Bye.